are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a December 8th Thursday evening edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your co-host for this evening, Eric Garcia Gunderson, joined by Dane Carbaugh from NBC's Pro Basketball Talk, Blazers Edge, Lockdown Blazers. What it do? Yeah, yeah buddy. <laughs> I'm in the new studio. I'm back. I'm sorry uh, to all of our listeners who missed me while I was gone. I was moving. It was a real feat of strength. I was spending all my time hanging up, you know, pictures and uh, drilling holes in the walls doing all the fun stuff so studios back set up ready yeah, to go let's do it's it it's the best when you got to set up all over again uh it's it's re- it's, re- it's really fun <laughs> oh man my lower back is killing me i basically i packed up my my girlfriend was uh busy half the week we were moving and then gone the other half of the week so i basically packed up the apartment by myself and then this week she's on deadline for something uh for this really big uh pitch she has to give and so I basically unpacked the entire apartment all myself too. So it's fun. I get to make all the decisions, but it's also like, man, for two people, we have so much just stuff. When but. we moved, it was, uh, yeah, it was tough. It was during a time when my girlfriend had to be out of town as well. And it was like, you know, by the end of it, you're just like, my back hurts, my hands hurt, my arms hurt, my legs hurt, everything hurts because you're just carrying things upstairs. And it's just like, ah, uh, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so enough about uh, moving. We all know that sucks. And maybe the Blazers suck. I'm not I, – I don't – Yeah, well, maybe, maybe they hurt. I think maybe they, they hurt. I, right yeah, they, they because... hurt. That's, that's the more apt, that's the more apt yeah. descriptor for the Blazers. Blazers lose tonight in a game w- in which they had an 11-point lead in the final five and a half minutes. They lose 88-86 to the Grizzlies in Memphis. Mark Gasol had 36 points. And the hero, as I'm sure we all expected down the stretch, was Tony Douglas for Memphis, who Match. they signed off the street this week. Uh, yeah, so uh, Douglas hit a jumper with about 34 seconds left and then hit two free throws Uh uh, two pairs of free throws, excuse me, uh, down the stretch, uh, including on the last possession, getting fouled by Damian Lillard on a jump shot with 0.5 seconds left to to give them the win. Uh, Blazers have had a ha- you know their fair share of bad losses, but I think tonight was probably the worst. Yeah, it was it was disappointing. I was just talking to my girlfriend about this uh, two or three days ago. I think we came up with it sort of at the same time. Just that it seems like the Blazers this year are very, very bad at playing from behind. If they're competitive in the first half, but if they start to hit that you know seven, eight point mark in the third quarter, then we haven't really seen them make a big recovery. Apparently, they're not very good playing ahead, especially when they're on the road, because it was pretty disappointing to see them um, sort of have, have some control, have CJ have such a good game in the first half, play so well, so efficiently. And then really break down, um, you know, especially down low, where they they seem to be able to contain Gasol for the 
you know, first quarter and a half or so, or, but oh man. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what that does for a team's mentality when you should be more experienced than that and better than that in that situation. Don't you think? Yeah. And it, I know it's a back to back and, um, mm-hmm. you mentioned how great CJ was, especially in the, in the first half. Uh, but then they, 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 they put Tony, Tony Allen on him. And so then Dame had Tony Douglas or, the Harrison brother that they have on their team. I can't remember which one it is. Uh, and, and they were bothering him just as much. They were being real physical with him, but he was not able to get loose the way McCollum was able to get loose against the Grizzlies. And then once they put their best defender on McCollum, Dame as just didn't take advantage like you would expect him to. And, that really hurt. The Blazers played really solid defense tonight. You got to give them credit for the most part. Uh, Marcus Soul mm-hmm. hurt them. They let him launch from three, probably a little too much in my opinion. But you can't really be that mad overall with the defense tonight. But they just, yeah, they couldn't get anything going offensively. And it was a uh, real tough loss. And then adding insult to injury, they... Mo Harkless didn't play tonight, by the way, off top. Mo Harkless didn't play tonight. He rolled his ankle at the end of the Milwaukee game last night. And then towards the end of this game, Ed Davis looked like he turned an ankle. And then Aminu blocked a shot and kind of fell on his back and fell pretty hard, took a really hard tumble and had to mm-hmm. leave the game. So the Blazers had to finish the game without their three best defensive players. And now, you know, They've got a day in between games until they play Indy on Saturday, but I would guess that Ed Davis is probably going to have to miss at least one game if he turned his ankle that badly. Yeah, he was really the catalyst and the thing that was sticking the Blazers in that game as the as the, um, the Grizzlies made those little mini runs start third quarter. Um, but with him out after he landed Aquila on that ankle, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Ankles are so tough because they're they're not something that you can kind of uh, ice and quickly get over. That's a crucial part of that chain. Um, it's not like having, uh, you know, you see a lot of players with uh, like finger injuries on their non-shooting hand and things like that. They can kind of just be, uh, yeah, I don't know, tape it up, give it a shot. But that's not something that can happen for him. And yeah, if uh, Aminu landed on either his back or his butt or his hip or whatever you want to call it, whatever it comes out to be, which hopefully that'll end up being something that's okay. You have a, you know, you have a sore glute or something. It's a big bruise, um, but nothing that'll keep him from actually playing, especially if they need him that much. And uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. Not, not what the Blazers need right now, especially as um, December is already shaping up to be a really tough month for them. Yeah. Yeah. December. uh, Yeah. They're in the middle of a stretch right now where they're playing eight of nine on the road. And now they're suffering some health issues on top of the fact that they uh, just aren't really playing well right now. And then it seems like they get, you know, they space out at the worst times by they, I mean, Mason Plumley. Plumley Plumley is, can be so brilliant and so bad at the same time. And it's mm-hmm. just, it, it can, it gets really, it drags on you a little bit. Uh, <laughs> and it's so funny because he's, he's such a big part for what Portland does offensively and down the stretch, it seemed like they couldn't really get anything going. And a lot of the shot attempts they were getting were back cuts, 
where Plumlee's delivering a pass. But it, they just weren't able to get it going tonight. And Memphis, they're they're just getting like I, I mean, on some level too, they're getting extremely lucky with a lot of these games. I mean, you you don't win yeah. eleven games in a row that are within three points without huge amounts of luck. <laughs> like that has to be said. Yeah, I mean they right. they, they definitely got lucky, but the Blazers didn't do themselves any favors either. Yep. And I think Portland really needs to, I don't know, take, take a look. I think we maybe even got a Twitter question about this, which we'll, we'll maybe talk about later. But the thing that I have real doubts about is whether or not, you know, Mason Plumlee's real worth to this team is in his offensive ability. That's he's uh, a great catalyst. He's the Blazers, probably the Blazers second best passer, maybe, maybe. Um, or, or maybe the third, but he's so important on offense. But if he continues to have nights where he's, I mean, absolutely disastrous, openly disastrous on defense and then completely ineffective on offense. I mean, Terry Stotts has gone into this weird thing where he's playing 10, 11 guys, which he doesn't like to do. Maybe it's a situation where Plumlee, who already doesn't play many minutes as a starter, is a is a bench player, and somebody else comes off the bench. Of course, I maybe that was the plan all along with Azili coming back, but of course, it sounds like there hasn't been an update on his situation in a while, and he may be coming back even farther after the All Star break. And, and maybe expected. and maybe so, not at all. Maybe not at all. So I don't know if there's a uh, an answer. But I think I, I would agree with you in that just sort of the the sound in your voice and look on your face right now is the same as mine. And, and obviously what you've said is that this team is difficult to watch. I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah, the team is difficult to watch in terms of Damien's rookie year. I remember wanting to watch the Blazers and the year before that even wanting to watch the Blazers and look at the young guys they had as a, um, a fan of basketball and obviously somebody from Oregon and, and be excited about what they're building and who they're going to develop and, and be with those players as they came along. And now after last year, but also with a lot of these players who are established, I mean, Plumlee is a veteran now at this point in time, (laughs) CJ is a star, right? Damien is a veteran. Like Evan Turner is a veteran. Mo Harkless is developing. You have all these pieces. Aminu is a veteran. You have all these guys that I'm not looking for them to develop. I'm looking for them to play the way they're supposed to be playing. If I'm a Blazers fan and I'm not seeing that. So I think because of that, they're playing so far below their expectations, and you're not. You, this isn't a year where you're wondering, you're being excited about Vonley, or something. Some some bench guy. You're you're wanting to see what happens, and they're really playing underneath of that. It, it's it's frustrating to watch. Yeah, I think. Uh, it's frustrating to watch. But uh, if we if you want to get some more excitement into your games. Uh, <laughs> that you know dan and i are complaining here maybe blazers aren't that exciting well there's ways to make it more exciting and one way that you can do that is with betdsi.com and for over 20 years betdsi has been a top rated business it's safe i play there and they have great specials on just about every sport basketball is starting to heat up nba college nfl's getting towards the playoffs and if you sign up today, you'll get $10 free to try their service, and they will give you a 100% bonus on your first deposit. Great customer service, fast and easy payment of your winnings, and tons of sports to choose from. And they even have in-game wagering on football and basketball and everything else that you would want. You can play virtually anything at BetDSI.com. So go to BetDSI.com now, 
Go there and use promo code BLAZERS10. That's BLAZERS10 to get your free $10 wager and start winning today. That's BetDSI.com. Okay, so to the point about the Blazers, I'm theory. Mm-hmm. It seems like all of the big men have gotten worse. Every, everyone that plays Ooh. four or five on a regular basis has gotten worse. Aminu, he can't shoot anymore. Davis yes. is just not as – he is not rebounding or scoring right. or finishing at the same rate. Plumlee's defense has mm-hmm. fallen off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Myers, Myers is still working yeah. his way back but is still not – has not made any grand leap and he's still kind of what he is. It just seems like the front court right. guys for this team just really have not made any steps. And Fonley has done some things well, but then just hasn't really done them in a way that helps the team win. So it's like a, ve- it's like a very, yeah. it's kind of a crap. It's a pretty crappy situation yeah. to be in where just I, all of their big men have either gotten worse or stagnated. I think it's maybe a situation where we took a player like Ed Davis for granted last year, given what he – people like you and me, I think, and a lot of smart Trailblazers fans know just how much that Ed Davis contributed to this team last year, how valuable his minutes were off the bench. But if he's not able to play in the same way, for whatever reason it is, I don't I don't know what it is. But um, And the other guys, like you pointed out, are struggling. Aminu – cannot shoot to save his life. Plumley seems to be, I don't know how to put it, but other than the fact that he seems like he's detrimental a lot, a lot more. And that's saying something given how bad he is typically on defense last season. He's detrimental a lot more than for the plays. And, he does facilitate. A- and, may, and maybe, and maybe he's only been on, he's been so valuable on offense this year because Evan Turner has not been valuable up to this Ooh. point. So if his if his if Evan Turner ends up continuing to figure out what he's doing, then Plumlee's effectiveness on offense, sort of by comparison, ends up being less important. And then you're saying, "Wow, Plumlee not that that important on offense and super critical on defense in a negative way." You're right. I, I as 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 simple minded as it is, I think the point of the, oh the Blazers have front court issues. It's like no, they had front court issues last year. This year they have they have a front yeah, court emergency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they had issues. It's a perfect uh, way to describe that. And I'm glad that you brought that up about how Plumlee's offensive numbers and offensive plus minus and stuff like that may look better just because Turner has been so bad. But it's funny because like that's the thing with Plumlee is that the advanced numbers, the real plus minus, all that stuff speaks really well to the things that he does, but. Mm-hmm. it's hard to watch him on a nightly basis and not get caught up on the times that he frankly just spaces out. Like he is so smart, mm-hmm. but then there are times where he just doesn't is not thinking is just, he's just there. Like I, there, I, there was a, a breakaway layup. I talked about last night after the game where Jabari Parker had a layup and then Plumlee's running back in transition next to John Henson. And then he just trails off and, and then, and then Mm. Parker misses the layup and Henson is there for the putback and Plumlee didn't even put a body on him and, 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 or leaving Mark Gasol wide open to hit after he has 36 points already. It's not like it's, it's not like it's not real. Mark Gasol is hitting threes this year Mm -hmm. and it's, he's been doing that all season long. And so, it, right. 
for as a player as smart as him, I just don't understand how he can also be so dumb at times. Well, I think a big not to go back to the whole like the facing wishing you had wishing you had your your ex girlfriend back kind of thing, but. If you take a look at Robin Lopez and how important he was in a different way to the offense of those Blazers teams as a screener, the gravity that he had as a screener and the space that he opened up as a screener, in addition to being able to do a little bit of high post passing, and uh, Terry would run that weird like eight foot jump shot for him sometimes, to which, open he, games. which he can hit and Plumlee's, ju- and Plumlee's jumper that he he's hit. been trying is, Plum- is ha- it does not go which in, he it can't. just doesn't. I mean, not to get a total aside about that, but that was a little like mini story during preseason. That's not anything. It's nonsense. It's not a thing. I mean, there was a shot where he was taking a free throw tonight and it might even been the free throw he missed um, at the end, but where the ball, he doesn't, I've said this, I said this last year, but he doesn't hold the ball with his fingers or, or when he, when he releases the ball, he like, he's not gripping the ball with his fingers until he releases it. Uh, how do I explain it? Uh, like, you would obviously release your grip on a ball once you flick it and roll it off, roll yeah, it off yeah, as you shoot tips. a basketball. He he, right at your fingertips. He seems to release his grip before it gets to his fingertips. Like it's and then he, and then he palms no, it's it and a very it towards knuckler, the basket. It, it's a knuckle. It's a it's a right. knuckleball Thank you. type shot. Yeah, it's like well, right. It's a, it's, well, it's a push. Okay, it's have push. you seen uh, have you seen Rookie of the Year the movie Rookie of the Year? Why are you? I is this no, like a trivia no, no. thing? I don't. I mean, yes, okay, of okay, course well, I've seen it. I just, okay, well, I just, okay, I'm not going to remember well, anything. On the last pitch of the game, after he loses <laughs> the ability to throw the ball fast, he like fl- he flicks oh, the ball alert. like up, like this, and that's how. And mm-hmm. Plumley shoots like that a lot. Like his floater is not like a put. He doesn't push yeah. his floater. He flicks his floater, and it's and I and I yeah, feel yeah. like that. It's very strange. I feel like that that flicking thing happens in his shot. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not a natural. Right forward motion it's like a i don't know all right so not to get totally off track and just talk about his weird shot motion but it's like you can't rely on him he's a non-factor from basically everywhere on the floor except for two feet away or at the rim so if you compare that to robin lopez in terms of he created all this valuable offensive space for not only for the ball handler but also but for players coming off of screens or other posts coming you know across screens through the middle of the paint you have that going on in addition to him being a like a rock solid post defender and team defender and pick and roll ice defender offensive rebounder offensive rebounder i mean there's there's no there's i mean obviously there's no comparison but if you take a look at and it would be easy to try to as a blazer fan maybe talk yourself into mason Plumley because look at all the things he can do on offense but the flip side is a lot of other players can do things on offense that maybe not necessarily because mason Plumley passes the ball and gets assists that leads to direct scores you can remember as a highlight play but the flip side of that is there are lots of posts and frankly a lot of like really good non-scoring posts are great screeners tyson chandler great screener for his whole career uh, i mean of course he's catching lobs from chris paul for the first half of it but um so he was scoring some buckets but uh you know his his effectiveness has been as a, as a screener for a lot of his career and i think when you when you look at the sort of comparing the two it's hard to take a look at Plumley and think there's any future for him i mean well it, 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 it he he sets screens and he moves out there and he provides a really valuable thing to the Blazers' offense, but 
when your team is perimeter oriented, when your team is already four out, how helpful is it to have your center playing around the free throw line all the time? Right. So, so mm-hmm. I, I think what we mean, you, the t- thing you're talking about Lopez is a thing that we just talked about the Blazers, you know, Ed Davis is you, is that is the one guy on their team. That's really a roller to the rim. And, what Plumlee does is he peels off and then hangs out around the mid range because they need guys to catch a pass there, but then he's not able to do what Lopez really was able to do, which was really suck that defense down in with within five feet and just create that, that need to fill the space for the defense that pulls guys away from a corner three shooter or pulls guys away from another guy to help when you have a guy in the middle of the paint. And so Right, Plumley has helped, but yeah, it really hurts just not having a guy that is reliable within five feet at center, and and they and they don't have yep. a guy that I mean that that can really just get there consistently and finish. And no one on the Blazers in the fourth quarter was shooting the ball well, but some of those possessions where Plumley was getting the ball in the post and like trying to go and just not going anywhere mm-hmm. were really brutal yeah. tonight. That that was, it was one of the. I mean, it was definitely the worst game to watch. And I wonder. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know what's gonna happen now. And now they're they're injured. I mean, things could get really weird here with lineups. You know, we could see lots of Jake Layman time. Uh, it's gonna. I mean, I mean, yeah, we could. We could. You're right. You're right. They're lucky. The Blazers are legitimately lucky right now that the Lakers are also getting bit pretty hard by the injury bug and are playing really hard because they'd be in a lot, you know, they'd be in a, maybe a more dangerous spot right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh tonight was a tough loss. I think on uh, many levels, I think the Blazers have been riding high after a couple of wins, obviously because their talent level doesn't really speak to how bad the record has been to this point. But I think with injuries and the, the talent versus how the talent mixes mixes together are two very different things, and we're seeing that in spades in Portland. Yeah, it's tough. So second night in a row that the Blazers lose a uh, decent halftime lead. I think it was seven both nights that they seven point leads that they lost at halftime. I think it was about seven against Milwaukee, and I think seven tonight. Uh, and then of course the. 11 point lead in the last 528 which is just that that really hurts so yeah blazers lose they are still in eighth place in the west uh as of this evening even though the jazz did lose but portland still uh two games back of utah in eighth place and then portland is two games ahead of the ninth place lakers who as i said have started to slip a little bit uh so I think uh, we have some Twitter questions to get to before we wrap this up. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's so, do it. Uh, yeah, thank Glad you, you guys for sending them in. in. Really appreciate it. Uh, start off with Wyatt Burris. Well, we already answered that one. Why is Mason Plumley so unbelievably bad at both offense and defense? Hmm. I mean, he's not bad at offense. Yeah, I think that's a. That's a miss. That's a misnomer. I mean, tonight he's he bad definitely at scoring. struggled, and and he's he's bad at scoring. He's not bad at offense, but I also think tonight you saw the issue with, especially since he was, uh, you know, fouled at late at the end of the game, 
is a, sort of to tack on to the end of what you were just sort of finished up saying about him is that he also can't shoot free throws. So even when he, if he is getting hacked and clunked, there's no repercussions for a team when he gets the ball at the end of the game to just hack away. When 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 they're down, it's a, it's an easy way to keep the Blazers. Yeah, down. yeah, no. T- so uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, but why why is he bad? I think we've talked about that a lot in the last couple of weeks. We don't we don't know what the execution issues are. It seems to be something related to concentration. Um, we think that he's a smart enough person and smart enough basketball player to be able to have those instincts, um, you know, instilled in him by repetition at this point in time. But we don't know why that's still happening. No, I, that, yeah, I don't. we we don't know either. It just seems it's just some kind of inconsistency. It's just a pattern that he has that he's hasn't been able to break. It's just he is very smart. He's very capable, but he just doesn't execute all the time, and that reason is pretty hard to discern. So it's just it kind of is what it is. He just he just just is very inconsistent and has this pattern of uh, spotty play. So, uh, yeah, but thank you, Wyatt, uh, at KidWB52 for sending that in. Uh, Patrick Bernhardt, at PDX Big Tum. What's the latest on the injuries of Davis, Amino, and Harkless? Well, we just talked about that. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't know uh, what the deal is with Davis or Harkless, and we probably won't know anything until tomorrow when the team gets back onto the court. So that will probably be the latest – the the earliest that we will have an update is going to be sometime Friday on on those guys. Uh, Harkless did not play tonight, but I, I'm just assuming that that was kind of just a precaution. Not a precaution, but just like give him one night when he turned his ankle so that the swelling can go down and all that jazz. Right. On the second night of a back-to-back right. might as well. Um, another Plumley question from Dan Zeal at Dizzy Zebo. Does Plumley always dunk reverse style because he's looking at what? Because when he's looking at the basket, he bricks it. I will. Uh, this has been an interesting part of the the Blazers season. A uh, 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 one of the small bright spots, I guess. Just that, and it's. Uh, I think Casey Holdall was asking on Twitter the other day about, you know, how many has anybody actually measured how many. Uh, buckets in a season because basically seems to be gunning for it and I, I don't I don't know why he ends up in that position maybe it's just because he does have a soft touch and uh, the Blazers guards are good at putting the ball in the right spot and so they just kind of put it up there when he's down there and trust him to throw it in but it is weird that it's happening it's like he's throwing it sideways sideways you know it's not like it's some angle it's always just directly behind him I was talking to uh, another buddy of mine Ryan about the game tonight uh, and he was talking about Plumlee's short arms and th- and I Mm-hmm. And we were talking about it in the context of defense, but then the light bulb went on and I was like, oh, that might be why he just does the reverse stuff because he needs to protect the ball because if he doesn't have a longer arm than some of the guys around the rim, he can't create that natural separation that a guy with long arms would be able to create. I have never thought about that before. That is uh, weird and possibly yeah, right. I, I mean, I, it seems it seems like reasonable because that then it would it makes sense to me why he had so much trouble finishing against Draymond. Like he's got several inches on him, but Draymond's arms mm-hmm. are longer, and so you know, I, yeah. I I think it's a it's a lack of length that that makes it hard for him to uh, attack the rim in a very in a in a more straightforward fashion. And it he also is always going up with two hands too when he's going up, so it mm-hmm. seems like he. 
maybe he doesn't know he just doesn't feel comfortable or maybe guys just have such long arms that he needs to protect the ball in that way to finish. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, we are not doctors on lockdown blazers here. Just just right. so you guys we're, know, we're, but, uh, we're just we're just we're just watching that was a good guess. And, and and trying to trying to tell y'all what's up. Um, hmm. Another question from Patrick Bernhardt. This is an interesting one. Is the Blazers' rebuild effort stalling? Ooh, I'll let you go first on that one. Let's take a lesson from 2016. That okay. progress does not go in a straight line. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 and I, and I no, think that not. that's true of the NBA. And we, we've seen it with plenty of guys before. Uh, an example comes to mind. Kawhi Leonard was finals MVP. And then the next season, he kind of choked against the Clippers and lost in the first round of the playoffs. And so... Uh, it wasn't a continuous progression from him being finals MVP to becoming, you know, a potential real MVP candidate or a guy that can really take over a series on a regular basis. So using that example, I, I don't think it has stalled. I think they're hitting a rough spot right now. They're having some bad luck with injuries. But, I, you know, their big man situation, I think, is really one worth talking about because... It seems like their wings are starting to get into play better shape, you know, play play a little bit better. Turner's been a little bit better lately, and the guards have been pretty good. But I I, I don't know. Maybe they do have to do something about the big men situation. Yeah, I've said this whole time. Actually, that's true. I haven't said it. I said it recently. I thought it for a very long time up until this point over the course of the summer that all of the signings that Neil O'Shea made were sort of – gathering assets especially when it comes to restricted free agents where it's better to have them now sign them keep them and then figure out what to do with them later he's taken that sort of to an extreme in which people have criticized him heavily for it i've always felt that this team was constructed but is certainly not constructed to uh have them signed and then hope all of those guys grow together some of these guys were always going to move and get traded that's what it is the unfortunate part of the rebuild for right now is how bad it looks as we're talking right now is that a lot of those players look bad and they have no trade value. So in terms of what you need to put together, not just to make the, say, the front court better, but to make the team take a step forward from what they had last season and, and be able to uh, you know, match the high levels that Damian and CJ are playing at, you're not gonna you're not gonna get that with how the other guys that you were looking to move probably in the next eighteen months are playing right now. So from that perspective, I would say it's stalled. It's it's hit a bump, like you said, it's hit a rough patch. I wouldn't say that it's necessarily stalled, but it could get a lot worse if Plumley and uh, like we were talking a couple weeks ago, if, if Crab doesn't continue to make a leap, if he keeps being being the player he he was not even really been the player he was last season, this season. But if he keeps sort of being that same guy, there's you're going to be in a real sort of asset hole and or an asset debt there that it's going to be hard to get the Blazers back out of. So I, I wouldn't say it's over yet. It's only December. It's, you know, it's we're I don't know we're we're not even a year removed from a, a season in which they won 20 games over their expected rate from Vegas. I, I'm not going to jump ship just yet. We already expected if you were taking a look at going into last season last year you weren't expecting to be good this season much less last season so i would still say overall 
like you said to start it, progress is not a straight line. So I'd say it's probably a, a three or four and, year plan. And to keep perspective, the, right now the schedule that they're having is is really difficult. But right now they're twelve and twelve, and last year they started the season eleven and twenty. So very good point. You know we are. You know it, it, it's worth talking about where they're struggling right now, but they're still in a better position right now than they were at this time last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and part of that is also due, I think, to the fact that a lot of teams have gotten uh, worse, a lot worse in the case of teams like the Mavericks. Uh, but, if, yeah, if this team was in the league or the Western Conference that the Blazers were in three years ago, yeah, they'd be getting destroyed every night and they would have single-digit wins. But this Western Conference isn't that good, and Damian Lillard is playing better than ever. CJ McCollum is playing better than ever. And they do have a lot a talent advantage over a lot of their Western Conference rivals. So good good point about what they what their record yeah, is right and, now. And also I, I, I think the, the rebuild, you could say it's stalled in some respects, but you can also in other respects, they, they have hit in certain places where you wouldn't have expected them to. Harkless has been surprisingly good all season long for the most part. And then what we've seen from Jake Lehman has been really positive for the most part as well. So not everything, not every signing, not every acquisition this season has gone poorly for, for the Blazers. So it is not, it's not ideal though. That's for sure. Yeah. Related to that, here's a question from uh, my friend Braden Buell for another Marion County kid. Uh, he wants to know of the rotation tinkering Stotts has done during Alfred Camuto's injury, uh, moving in Vonley, Jake Lehman, Shabazz Napier, which has the best chance of sticking when he comes back full time and is ready to go. This is hard because now you have other injuries coming up that might actually switch that. I around. would say, I, I'm no, I'm no, gonna, you, you, you go, go ahead, first. yeah, go ahead. You, you, okay, okay. Oh yeah, put me out there. I, I, yeah, I would, okay. I would say Lehman, but I'm just stealing, yeah. I'm just stealing that from you. Yeah. I think, I think we agree on that. Lehman has the best chance given his side of athleticism, speed, and how smart he plays. Did you see him try to, uh, you know, steal a, steal a free throw, uh, from the officials tonight when uh, Ed, Ed Davis was supposed to shoot a free throw and Lehman went to the, with the free throw line. And I think he got the ball, and then they, they stopped it and get, made, gave him back. He's like, no, 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 no. It's not, it's Ed, Ed, Ed Davis. You know, a much worse foul, foul shoot, free throw shooter. So. I would say it's more likely that Layman stays in. Uh, least likely to go the other way around would be Napier, because yeah. they they don't need any help with the guard position. So Von, the only Vonley's basically it's because he would be third because Vonley has the second most second best chance I think of getting more minutes just because how bad the front yeah line has been. I, I don't think the front line has been so good. You know, okay, front court thing that I this is not even answering the question. But weird thing I just want to put out there. <laughs> Vonley Leonard minutes have been surprisingly positive. I, you have said this like yeah. three times. And I'm I'm with you every why, time. I, I'm okay. I, with why that. not? I mean, why not? Why not? If we, I mean, there's nothing else has worked. <laughs> but um, I agree with you on of those rotation tweaks. I think the most likely to stick in the lineup is Lehman. Uh, the way he plays out there, it seems like he fits in really well. It looks like he knows his role. He knows – to just stand he he's he's very okay with standing in the corner and just being ready to shoot the three and when he catches it he'll shoot it pretty much immediately and 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 that's what the blazers need the blazers need someone that can just catch it and shoot it uh and they just need guys that that can shoot it out there on that second unit and the more guys that they can get out there who can shoot the better 
especially with even though Aminu may be back and you know all those injuries that we just talked about but his shooting has been off too so maybe if you could still go small with Aminu and have him in there for his defense but bring in Lehman to supplement some more shooting in those lineups that that could be something that uh, I could see happening yeah yeah uh, how about another question from our, our friend Wait for Dusk? He said he's going to ask a we, – we answered he, – he, he asked a question last time we did this. And then he said he was going to give us – oh, I didn't know you are actually going to read it. So I'll give you a real question this next time out. He didn't give us a real question, but we're going to okay. answer it anyways, all right? The question is, if I were to th- start a dirt bike gang, hypothetically – he puts hypothetically in all caps here. <laughs> hypothetically, if you started a dirt bike gang, as you were wont to do, what would be a good name to call my dirt bike gang? <sighs> Got a lot of experience with dirt yeah, biking. Yeah, well, lots of dirt, lots of dirt biking in 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 Salem. Uh, I don't. Yeah. Um, Is this like a one of those games? How about, how about the dirty like rubbers? A, the, the dirty rubbers. That's actually a good one because it's like uh, you know when you go to like a adult league volleyball or a, adult league bocce ball or something where you can drink in the park while you're doing it. Yeah, everybody's team yeah. name is like a little dirty, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. Uh, oh man that's really good man that's good i i'm just gonna say go with that i'm not gonna offer one that's too good i'd just be embarrassed all right well i'm i'm glad we answered that question though because now he can hypothetically yeah, if you wanted to start it right away he can get the jacket ready made, for the adult dirtbag leagues the adult dirtbag recreational <laughs> leagues so shout out exactly. shout out to wait for Dusty, and shout out to everybody who sent in uh those twitter questions we really appreciate it, it livens up the show uh oh let's talk about one thing since we talked about it on our last podcast uh so now that we have some closure the or the oregon ducks have a football okay. coach willie Ta- w- w- willie tag oh yes here's the thing i don't know Me anything either. about him like <laughs> my my best friend uh texted me and he did that thing like um which i feel bad he a lot of times he texts me about some information that i heard about eight you know, eight hours ago because I'm on Twitter all day and he has a child and has a real job, uh-huh. you know? So he's like, oh, did you blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I saw, you know, or, or like, oh, yeah, and, and I'll add this, you know? This time he's he he's texting me this huge wall of information about this guy and I'm like, but he doesn't say his name. I don't even know who he is yet. I don't know that it's Willie Taggart. So it's <laughs> it's like, wait, just tell me the name of the guy? And he said, they said who it was. I was like, oh, okay, that's that that's the guy from uh, yeah. what, USF? And and I think uh, where he was before a that, Stanford assistant, or he 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 was a Stanford I, I, assistant. I've read that he's a Harbaugh disciple. So right, yeah. okay. So uh, I mean, I hear good things about him. That's for sure. I've I've heard that he's gonna go after uh, that guy Tua, who was uh, he's the number one quarterback prospect, I think, and he was under tutelage of or semi tutelage of Marcus Mariota uh, at St. Louis in Hawaii which is great news. He's going to mix it up. He's going to go after that kid from Sherwood who is going to Washington. Okay. If I recall, uh, or maybe that, maybe that's a Jesuit kid who's going to Washington, but there's some, some Oregonian kid who's going to Washington. Uh, unfortunately, probably they're because better. well, yeah, I'm not going to go to Oregon. They're, be- they're better. They're better. Right so. so, um, so yeah, keep, keep, keep the local kids or the semi kids or the kids in the pipeline. That's, that's a smart move. You know, day, first couple of days, he's, he's already saying that he's going to revisit those pipeline states and those pipeline kids. So well, and he, I'm he cool was coaching that. in Florida. And so he's made connections there with that mm-hmm. recruiting base, obviously. Uh, and I, one of the articles that I did read about him was that he obviously comes from that Harbaugh school of thought. But then when he went to South Florida, he saw that the, 
the strengths of all the kids that he had on the team was speed and all that stuff. So he went to a more spread style system because that's what suited his. So that, that, that encourages me just as a, a sports fan that as a coach, he's adaptable and, 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 and adapt. Mm-hmm. He's not sure. one of these coaches that is just like, uh, you know, he's just a slave to the system. You know what I mean? Well, I think realistically, unless you are a Chip Kelly type of coach, you're not going to come in and bring revolutionary your ideas. very revolutionary specific offense. That's oh my god, like you know, casual fans are going to be able to identify you right away. Realistically, in the real world, it would make sense, especially since not that entire staffs get kept on, but you know, I, I don't think Coach Rad is getting you know fired or something. You know what I mean? Like the strength, all the strength coaches, all a lot of parts of the program are still going to be there for Oregon, and so yeah, they make. I don't know if they're going to change off its coordinators or whatever, but it seems like kids go there for a reason. That's part of your recruiting. I mean, you've been you know uh, a really great rushing school for a very long time. Adapting part of that, not keeping it. You know, I, I think I was in the the. I don't know if I was in the majority, but I was definitely in the the class of kids who who wanted it to be. You know, if you go away from like the Oregon Chip Kelly thing, that's fine. I'm not rooting for it or anything. I still like the Chip Kelly system. I still like spreading them out and running them down. But I'm not going to be hurt. I don't think that Oregon football is running the ball out of the spread yeah. or anything. So I mean, I'm I, cool I, with it. I do whatever offense it is. This is totally a, mm-hmm. a little hot takey, but I feel like unless you're Alabama, like. As a college football team, even the SEC teams, like you got to score forty points to have a chance to win the national championship. Like you got to score forty points a game if you're going to be one of those teams. Like I, I, there was never a year when the Ducks were one of those teams that was potentially going to go to the national championship that didn't score forty points a game. And so it, it doesn't matter how right. they just got to do it. That's what they have to do. I, I mean, I, I, mean, I don't. Bu- Al- Alabama's yeah. like that too. It's like, yeah, sure. In in you know in their uh, in their divisional SEC game, sometimes they come nine out to on six. top. You know, twenty one twenty one seventeen or nine to six. But a lot of times against like uh, even like non divisional SEC teams, like they're beating up on Missouri. Alabama's winning by forty. Like, don't don't kid yourself. Alabama scores a bunch of points. You're right. Like good teams score a bunch of points yeah. in college yeah. football. I, yeah, I, I don't, yeah. like, we can talk, like, do you, so it's a very bl- it's a very blunt way to look at it, but we're only giving right, it Right, we are, but it's like, it, it's like, it, it very much contradicts the notion that defense wins championships, but it's like, they do, sure, in, like, the championship game, but, like, you don't get there with just defense. you got to score a lot of points. And so, especially these days where every yeah. team is, every team scores that much. So, it, you need to have you need to have both and an Oregon sort of semi weird tiered down thing where they didn't have Nick Aliotti and then they didn't have um, uh, Pelham you know and then, or they then they demoted Pelham to be a linebacker it's just like everything about it is so it's well, clean house man I mean as as much as it's it's great that a guy has a job for thirty years and I I love that as an Oregonian I love that as a school. If the flip side of it is like you want to have a success for your your team, there's something going on there that doesn't work. I mean, it, it's not like even at their best, it's not as though Oregon's, um, you know, a lot of times Oregon's talent was what was, you know, you had Patty Chung and you had uh, like John Boyette and you had all these guys that were like 
really, really, DeForest Buckner, all these really talented guys on the defensive side of the ball. It wasn't necessarily like, yeah, Brady Hoke's system on the on the defensive side of the ball didn't really work this year. It was hard to transition into a different um, set because they you know hadn't played four three in a while. But it's like, man, come on. You know, I mean, just if you really want to make a break and you want to change directions and it's the first outside head coaching hire in a long time. And obviously Tiger does have the ability to bring in his own defense coordinator. I think, I, 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 I think you, I think I mean, he will. I, I, I hope I he think does. he will. Uh, and also yeah. <clears throat> to one point also, I would like to bring up too, is that, you know, you and I were both on the wanting to bring chip Kelly back and, I'm not really yes. comfortable with a lot of the revisionist history that's going on that was going on in the past week or so that Chip Kelly was simply a beneficiary of circumstance. Yeah. Wait, uh, at Oregon? What like yeah, well, what? I, I, people no, I'm, who is saying that? People or some people are because because they thought he wasn't going to work anymore because it's not unique. You know, I I those were a lot of those things that it, it is him. unique. It's his system. It's a... <laughs> it is it it is unique. I mean, people. We, we saw a bunch of copycats while Chip was still at Oregon try to run the system, and they did it so much worse. No, they did he, it so much he was, worse. He was a fantastic coach, and uh, obviously, we wish we. But it sounds wish we would have gotten him. But it sounds like Taggart is a good coach. Obviously, has really good recommendations. Tony Dungy was a guy that I've read was really pushing to hire. Uh, Taggart. So, uh, yeah, well, Tony, Dungy, a, you yeah. know, he's a good football coach. You can say that about him. That's probably pretty much all you can say about him, I suppose. Yeah. But yeah, that's, uh, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, so on that final note, <laughs> on, on the, Tony the Dungy, final note about Tony on, Dungy. On, on us being skeptical uh, about Tony Dungy. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I, I think it should be it's us being positive about the, the state of Oregon football as they move forward. They've had there's so much investment in that program, obviously, in uh, in the university and uh, really what it 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 calls is its national brand. Hopefully, uh, Taggart is the guy to lead them along. And I'm disappointed about Chip, but hopefully that you know Taggart uh, can really do what he does and. Uh, I don't know if they turn the program around, yeah. but make and it I, and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm glad that he's going to get a chance and I'm glad that, uh, the longer I've thought about it, I'm just glad that they're getting someone new because it seemed like the program wasn't, it was just consistently backsliding. And so uh, it wasn't mm-hmm. just the fact that you know, it was just this tradition that was great and rich and they're progressing. And it, it seems like they were consistently backsliding you know, the last couple of years and, players seem to have a tendency to quit uh so i'm uh, gl- glad we got a new era so thank you for joining us subscribe to the podcast on itunes stitcher audio boom tune in fm google play follow dane at dane carbaugh on twitter follow me at eric underscore gunderson leave us a five-star review tell your friends about the podcast continue to send us your questions and if you'd like to advertise on the podcast send us an email at locked on G- Locked on blazers at gmail.com.